Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program today, my friends. I will be your communication coach. Coaching you how to communicate with those around you. That what? BBC is influencing you. I don't know bit. what it is. It's that BBC. The, that BBC. That yeah. BBC, like they want me... Ugh, it's all want, about that BBC. It's all about that BBC. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it it makes me want to talk with an accent. Yeah, yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. But I only have my Utah accent, which apparently everybody keeps bringing up. Oh, really? Which I find rude. Well, I think yeah, I, I find think it just, rude. I find it rude. Yeah, stick to the Utah accent. I think that's <laughs> safe bet. Is that the Utah It's accent? not a big deal. Big, it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're so much more mature than this. <laughs> Except, I would hope. Actually, Don says we're not. Oh, really? I asked him. He's like, yeah. Well, watch not out. He might text into the show again. Hey, you know, um, today we've got a great show for you. So if you've ever had trouble communicating with somebody in general, by the way, that's let's start there. But also somebody of the opposite gender, today's the show. Okay. This show, by the way, dedicated, dedicated to James and Molly. Oh, yeah. It was because we need it. And all of their communication problems. Story of my life. You guys don't have any. I keep hitting the microphone. Sorry about that. Uh, You don't have any communication problems. No, at this point, zero. Because they don't communicate yet. (laughs) You mean at this point, meaning right now in this second while you're on the air with us and she's not here. Up to this point. Up to this point. Up to this point, zero. Does she – would you consider – like, because see, we always think that women talk certain ways, men talk certain ways. But maybe that's not true. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you are – maybe you communicate more like the traditional female communicator. I don't know. And she's <laughs> – and she maybe is more like the male. Does she tend to withdraw from you? And, and does she tend to like uh, – you know, eat ribs in a lazy boy chair. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that quite yet. Isn't that the perfect woman? We don't want to stereotype <laughs> okay. anyone, but men kind of get this, 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 everybody thinks that we just are a bunch of bums sitting in a lazy boy chair with Cheetos stuck to our shirt. That's what my wife says. Anyway, <laughs> stop looking at my shirt. Yeah. In fact, get, we get that Cheeto before this. <laughs> okay. My mouth's watering. Um, so you don't have any problems there. At this point, no. Well, I mean, it's, it's not that you bring yet. up. Well, yeah, that's true. And, you know. Well, he's still got the new relationship. Come on. Uh, you got to talk about communication in the old relationships. He's still got that new car smell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't you wish every relationship had like a new relationship smell? It's just, mm, <laughs> no. how long you had this car? <laughs> that really should, no, that smell is burning dinner now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's when you know the honeymoon's over because <laughs> is that dinner burnt? <laughs> Are those ribs burnt? Anyway, today's show, we're talking communication. We've got a, an awesome expert coming in. Dr. Audrey Nelson's going to join us. She's going to talk about you know, some of the role and gender communication issues you might run into out in the workplace some of the different communication styles we have. Tons of fun today. Yeah. Now, before we do that, we always like to get into the headlines. 
Headliners from The Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Thank you, James. Sean, (laughs) any headlines that we have missed? Professor X, is that you? I don't think so. Do you know who Professor X is? No. Really? What's that from? James, please inform him. Professor Xavier is the principal at the... Uh, school for gifted. Uh, I don't even know. He's the leader mm-hmm. of the X Men. Yes. Oh, Professor I X. See, I did not know that. Yeah, played by Patrick Stewart in the movies. Why did you shake your head, Captain Jean Luc Picard? Yeah, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a different Stewart. Well, uh, <laughs> that's the Leprechaun is, Clan. But he communicates through James Tele- telepathy. 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 Yes. Thank you very much. You guys are geeks. <laughs> Not to be but, rude, but you're geeks. Guess what scientists have done now? They can do telepathy. They figured out telepathy. They figured Somewhat. out. Somewhat. What? Yes. Let's really? Hear. They have actually created a brain-to-brain communication. Oh, boy. We are in trouble. And... It's not over a short distance either. She can read my brain? No, uh, no, 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 no. Not yet. Not God. yet. <laughs> but what scientists did was they took a message from the brain of one test subject. Yes. And they moved it to the brain of another test subject without the use of invasive d- devices or surgery. How? How? They put stuff on a person's head in France. Mm-hmm. And they moved it uh, to... A uh, now where where was the other person? Because they said they were five thousand miles apart. Wow. Hmm. I bet it was French speaking Quebec. Uh, no. Okay. India think... actually India. Wow. Really? They went from India to France with this communication without anyone talking. What they did was they 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 read out the brain activity from one person, and it, I'm guessing it traveled over wires or uh-huh. regular communication yeah. sort of. Um, Devices and went to the other person and went into the brain of the other person. And nobody thought it. Nobody said it. I mean, nobody no. spoke it, but it was just transmitted from mm-hmm. a brain via the channel to India. Something like that, yeah. And they, into they the brain of another person. Internet connected devices, and they set up a similar brain computer interface. Fantastic. They were able to relay messages to subjects that were over 5,000 miles apart. Okay. Can I just tell you? Now, what I want to know, though, is do you still have to – is it still that regular model of communication where you're sending it and you have to interpret it? No. I would assume so. Well, no. Well, well, you'd probably have to interpret it. Well, you still have to speak the same language. But your brains aren't the same, so your brain would have to make sense of it its way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What that means is we really don't have to talk to our wives anymore. (laughs) We could just plug it in. I wasn't going to bring that up. And she's like, do you want to talk? And I'd be like, you know what? Just email me. Let's just think. Let's not talk. Let's just think. Let's just watch this game and plug it in. (laughs) Isn't that great? And terrifying. Well, so the research team is saying, though, <laughs> that the success of the experiment proves that communication beyond conventional means is feasible. And I think just as a communication expert, it also says you don't they're, have to talk to communicate. No, they're looking at this as, as a, a communication avenue for the disabled. I th- it's the, imagine how that would be somebody that's mm-hmm. trapped inside their body. Exactly. How you could just record their thoughts and put it into mm-hmm. someone else. That is Can you imagine actually having sitting down and having a, a conversation with like Stephen Hawking? Uh-huh. Without having to go through the machine. Exactly. 
How cool would that Your be? Your brain would explode in that Oh, situation. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Two men died no in a kidding. lab downloading <laughs> Stephen Hawking's brain. Isn't that amazing? And they're also thinking that this, this brings us to a different level of interaction with computers. Oh, yeah. Now you are one. Uh, yeah. We can rebuild them. Well, but, but okay. Are we, we have the are power. We, are we getting to the uh, – the, uh, um, Yes, the bionic the, man. No, 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 not no. The other movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator, Ooh, sort of thing, oh. where machines. Yeah, yeah, we are. Might start taking over. Well, you could just like hook up a brain to a computer, and you know exactly. You have a, a organism right there. Or is that another even something else? When somebody dies, do they just? Can you take the brain now and just? Download keep that it. person. So before going? you go, can we just download your no, brain? No, 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 not even download. Just keep the brain in the jar, sort of thing. Ugh. And look up, the, look it up the device, and the thoughts keep going. And yeah, wow. I don't think that'll work for a while. I don't know. You've seen too many movies. True. That's. <laughs> I, I I think more importantly. I'm sorry. I'm going the sci-fi route with this story. You tell you totally are. Yeah. Let me get back to um, the not having to talk to your wife yeah. route. <laughs> I just think this is like the answer, because then you you just plug each other in. And then, then you could just, you know, hug and kiss on each other, and you wouldn't have to talk. Well, that's the nice thing about it is that I feel like a lot of times the, the discrepancies between males and females is because we, you know, going back to that, that thought process is that we have two different ways of encoding our thoughts, mm-hmm. of encoding meaning, and this device would take away the encoding part. And we'd just be able to understand the concepts that we're trying to. But then to. we'd miss other things yeah, like that's true. that misunderstanding. Like, what did you call me? What did you say? Mm-hmm. That that moment where you have that conflict of, did you yeah, say but, I'm fat? But that no, I didn't say it. I thought it. <laughs> did you think I'm fat? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> well, I cannot lie to my own brain. Uh, fantastic. Well done. That's a great headline. I'm telling you, the world's changing, whether you want it or not. Pretty soon, your wife will just say, "Okay, plug in. I want to know. I want to know everything. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> I lost my plug." Anyway, good stuff. Today on the show, we are talking he says, she says, communication uh, between the genders. What are some of the keys, the tools, the ideas you need to know about communicating with someone of the opposite sex? Up next, Dr. Audrey Nelson will be joining us, and we are going to get in deep to how we communicate across genders. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are taking on, you know, the age-old issue of communication. Earlier we talked about, you know, what if you could just plug in your brains and they could just download the information that needed to be downloaded? Then we wouldn't need to interact. But I have a feeling there's a lot more to communication than just downloading, right? Connection, interaction, all of these things. We've asked Dr. Audrey Nelson to join us. She is an internationally recognized trainer and speaker, author, consultant, who helps organizations increase their productivity 
through winning communication strategies. She specializes in gender communication, conflict management, communication skills. You name it, she can help us talk. She's been doing this for 30-plus years as a consultant. She also worked at the University of Colorado Boulder as a, um, a teacher there, a professor, a professor there as well. But interestingly, also author of a bunch of books. You Don't Say, Navigating Nonverbal Communication Between the Sexes. Uh, also, she's co-authored Code Switching, How to Talk So Men Will Listen. So, ladies, this may be your chance. And uh, also the book, The Gender Communication Handbook. Tons of resources. Let's bring her on. Dr. Audrey Nelson, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. I uh, look forward to it, and this is always fun for me. Well, I am glad because this you know better than anybody. And I, I have a little bit of a bio just like yours. And we travel. We talk to a bunch of people. But the funny thing about, like, the male-female relationship is I think... We think maybe sometimes we think we're more different than we are, and sometimes we think we're more alike than sure. we should. Right. So help right. us cut through some of that. What What are some of the problems sure. that arise? Well, I like the way that you began. So in my work in gender for over 30 years, <clears throat> people always want me to focus on the differences. Yeah. So what I like about what you just said is we forget that we're both human beings. Yep. We both have feelings, needs, wants, desires. However, we are like two people from two different cultures. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say, you know, you and I, as Americans, if we travel to France, is one better than the other? Right, right. No, they're different. In fact, you and I might say in certain categories, well, you know, we really prefer French cuisine. Mm-hmm. Have you tried over French fries? American right. cuisine, you know. Yeah. So, but different is good. And what would it be like if the world, if we were all the same? Exactly. Oh no! So Seriously. It's, just, it, it's it's understanding the differences, and then the second part to be a successful communicator with anybody and particularly with people of the opposite sex, the more flexibility and plasticity that you have in your style to be other-oriented and meet the needs of the other person, the more successful you will be. So you've got to be dynamic. You've got to yeah. be flexible enough to adapt because it may not be we always think it's like okay there's the gender there's the female style and the male style but we could all be a mix of a bunch of them couldn't we We, i mean there's not one of the other so you've got to be dynamic enough to you know right roll with it and you know when you use the word dynamic you know what i'm a big champion in my first book uh prentice hall let me use this word they said i had to dumb it down (laughs) the word is androgyny yeah and an androgynous style and i'll tell you right now matt i think for a host of variables um one i was the first born and i relate so much to cheryl sandberg when she talks in her best-selling book she's the coo of facebook in her best-selling book lean in when she talks about how she was the first born and at her wedding her siblings said you know, they called her bossy, and she just <laughs> ran the show. I, know, I can relate to that. I know, and all of us are, a mixture and a combination 
of different masculine and feminine traits. Yeah. And, and what we have found out, particularly in the work world, and, and you can go home with this idea as well with your significant other, it, we, we have data and research that says we would rather work for somebody who has an androgynous style, who is a leader, who can step up to the plate, who can be assertive, who knows how to set boundaries, move forward, and also be compassionate. Right. Play both sides there, huh? Empathetic listener. Yeah. You know, so it's it's that combo. And um, how, how do we come up with this? I mean, like, so are you born with this style? Is it socialized? How much of it is just how, how we play with a child? Is, right. I mean, do we treat the boys differently? Right. I, I always joke, I have my own gender laboratory at home. <laughs> I have a son and a daughter. There you go. You, and yeah. I got to watch things play out. Oh, I bet you messed so, with their brains. Well, it was our dinner table conversations yeah. weren't the normal conversations. They both grew up with a heightened sensitivity and awareness to, do I really want to be stuck in some gender box? Right. You know, does my son did, you know, want to be the macho man? Uh, does my daughter want to be the femme fatale? You know, we talk about those things, including Barbie dolls, Matt. But That's it's good. really a combination of things. So, yes, are there innate? In fact, I think this is fascinating. There are so many innate differences. Um, when I was at Camp Pendleton working with the Marines, you know, I had an Army sergeant say, you know what, Dr. Nelson, I'll tell you right now, for men, when they're in the simulator in the cockpit, piece of cake. Women, it takes them a little bit. Well, I said I'm not surprised. Men tend to be a little bit better at spatial visual relationships. Hmm. And, and we have some theories about that. Yeah. We, we think it's from the hunting and gathering days yeah. who went off for great lengths of time hunting men right what did they have to do they had to judge distances yeah. you know before they threw that spear now we can go to other things for example girls are better at language acquisition than boys boys have more speech impediments hmm. than girls and we've kind of linked this with girls ability to the, the catalyst seems to be going from right to left brain hemisphere. And Matt, I could go on and on about the genetic differences, and it's fascinating. I mean, the bottom line question on genetic differences, are we going to say and use as an excuse that we can't have women teaching geometry? No. Because they tend to, you know, my daughter in eighth grade, her geometry teacher said she needs to be in honors. She just gets this. Right. And, I mean, to, and right that, now she's an algebra two teacher. See, oh, but I thought they didn't do math. Yeah, girls don't do math, <laughs> girls, right? But see, I, exactly. I guess that's so, that's the key, isn't it? Because you've got to yeah. almost assume we can do everything, we can be everything, and there's differences, and exactly. and those differences aren't just you know a gender related. I mean, I was raised by four women, and I was the baby. And oh no father in the home, but I saw him regularly. But in the end, sure. I picked up a lot of their styles. Sure. And if I had longer hair, I would probably would have flipped my hair like they do. 
But, right. But the funny thing is I learned weird things like they kept talking. They kept talking about something <laughs> of the same time every way. Every time we'd go to like grandma and grandpa's, they'd always talk about the same thing. And yeah. it wasn't even to fix it. Like, what are you doing? Why are you bringing this up again? <laughs> right. And I could never get it. And then I just yeah. decided, oh, that's just how they are. Sure. Well, you know what they were doing, uh, Matt? They were processing. Hmm. And women are much more process-oriented. They like telling the stories. They like telling the details. Men are much more, you know, if you've ever heard, what's the bottom line, speak to the point. Yeah. That was born out of male culture. Yeah. But to circle back to your question of the nature-nurture, so it's a combination of what we genetically show up with and how it interacts with the environment. Hmm. And you cannot underestimate what goes on environmentally and social pressures. I mean, you just offered a personal testimony. Yeah, right. I was raised by four women. I think that impacts men. Oh, it and does. And I'll be candid with you. I, I think in many ways a man like yourself is better off because he gets the female culture. No, totally. Honestly, and it and I it makes my life a little easier, sure, because it's not as foreign. And then you can almost see how you know for years when we lived in a a more male kind of dominated business world or business culture, we were missing other attributes that now are being brought into the business. You know, it's actually becoming business skills, business tools that having more and more female in the workplace, it's changing even that culture of how we communicate, how we handle things, how we, how we process. Yep. Powerful. How we view everything. Yeah. How do we view leadership? Yeah. Our old model of leadership was predominantly white male. Right. And we found out, whoa, you know, that's not the only way to lead. Yeah, competitive kind of versus cooperative types of models as well. Uh, Dr. Nelson, let's take a break. I want to come back and have you uh, dig a little deeper into this. Talk about some of the things we should be looking for as men. What what are the, you know, different styles, nonverbal cues? What, what, what else we can expect? We're talking with Dr. Audrey Nelson. Uh, author, speaker, um, also author of the book, You Don't Say, Navigating Nonverbal Communication Between the Sexes. You can find her at AudreyNelson.com. We'll be back. More on communication right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about male and female communication, those crazy little uh, gender, I don't know, breakdowns you might be having when when it comes to talking to somebody. Again, in the end, everyone's going to be different one way or another. Sometimes you might have certain traits that, that seem more like, you know, that's a female communication trait historically, maybe more of a male trait, but in the end... Um, the key to this may be understanding some of the differences, not just assuming one gender carries them or not, leaving it open, but at least understanding that there are reasons out there why 
we talk the way we talk why we and how we process things. So we've asked Dr. Audrey Nelson to join us, who's an international, uh, excuse me, internationally recognized trainer, author of the book, You Don't Say, Navigating Nonverbal Communication Between the Sexes, which was published in six languages. By the way, talk about communication issues, a communication book between two gender, about two genders uh, in six languages. That sounds like a feed. So, Dr. Audrey Nelson, welcome, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. You bet. Um, as, we, as we've been talking, we want – I mean, I, I get it all the time. People are like, oh, that's just stereotyping. Don't just stereotype. But right. t- talk about – I mean, the research is – there's a lot of great research about our brains, about the ability uh, of um, maybe women maybe generally using more of their brain as they communicate using both hemispheres. Talk about what else you've learned about some of the differences between men and women. Oh, boy, there are so many. I think one of the ones that has always been of concern for me um, in terms of my advocacy work for women in the workplace is some of the linguistic patterns that women use. Yes. And it's what happens is, I mean, Matt, I know your listeners have heard Valley Girl talk. Oh, yeah. In fact, that is our audience. Right. <laughs> and, and then, you know, some linguists refer to it as up talk. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to say to me, what's your name? And I said, Audrey Nelson? Mm-hmm. Like there's a doubt yeah. <laughs> that my name is Audrey Nelson. And actually, that is a nonverbal piece. But we've identified, when I say we, communication experts, various linguists, probably one of the most noted is Robin Lakoff. But l- let me give you a quick illustration. Yeah. Men tend, I'm going to marry the verbal and nonverbal. Okay. Men tend to speak in declarative sentences. Statements. Statements. And the pitch goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> it sounds like this. I need the report tomorrow. Okay. Now let's go to her. She will imp- use the declarative sentence, but at the end, hence the name tag question, she will not only tag on a question, but the pitch goes up. <laughs> There's that up talk. So yeah. it sounds like this. I need the report tomorrow. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so what does that do to the listener? And you know, women are walking around. How come I can't get anybody to do anything around here? Well, let's go home with this. Would you ever say to your child, pick up your room? Is that okay? <laughs> you feeling no. good about that? I say, forget that. I'm not picking up my... You open up a Pandora's box. Yeah. I mean, so even. When there's no ands, ifs, or buts. You really have to use a little more of the male style. Now, the good thing about the female style is it is solicitous. Yeah. I'm inviting part to, people to participate in the decision making. Yeah, jump in. Let me know. Jump I mean, in. It, yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, one of the things as a social scientist that I like to look at is I like to get underneath the behaviors and say, why do men and women do these things? Yeah. And that, you know, example I just gave, one of the things 
that women have in our psyche, our socialization, our, is we have a little higher need of approval and affiliation. Hmm. Now, we're all social men, uh, animals. Men want to be included as well. Right, sure. But, but I want to make sure you continue to like me. Well, and, and, and historically, if you were historically the one that would make sure all of the children are going to stay right. alive, you would want to be a part of the social network and be yeah. incorporated and involved. Sure. Where yeah. the hunter-gatherer may not have mattered because I'll just kill you if you bug me. Sure. Historically. Right. But, but that's interesting because you used that's that a inflection. That's very dramatic. <laughs> but you use a question. So it's an interesting thing because uh, I hear a lot with my clients um, that, that – and I almost wonder sometimes that women don't hear almost the judgment of an inflection either. Right. You did what? Right. Why? And um, then I'm like, did you not just hear that you judged your husband in the question? The very – the very phrasing of the question sounded like you were questioning his idea. And then, and it, so it's, there's this tonal quality, isn't there, mm-hmm. to being disrespected because, and, and right. for some reason that, that respect is so essential in this communication. Yes, and you're absolutely right. A lot can be communicated with just tone of voice. I mean, if we were to break it down, if you were to look at all the research that's been done, in a message the words carry very little weight. The issue is more how it is said. Yeah. So roughly 55%, sorry for my No, I was like, I think someone off. needs to go out. Oh, no, is that your it's, phone? It's my, it's my cat ring on my phone, <laughs> and I should have turned that off. I apologize. Yeah. I think your cat's trapped somewhere. Oh, gosh. That's all right. So... so One of the things is to look at how weighty different parts of communication are. So in face-to-face communication, 55% roughly is the physical, facial expressions, posture, position, Hmm. um, gestures, spatial relationships. Now, 38% roughly is what we call paralinguistics or vocal cues. Pitch, tone, quality, sarcasm, filled pauses, unfilled. And to add to all of this, when you look at how that is proportionally divvied out, you know, yes, words are important, that's how we communicate meaning, but the real meaning also comes with the nonverbal. Sure. How we say it vocally. And women tend to be a lot more expressive than men that's true facial you know animation and our our vocal you know tone and pitch uh so you know we're just more animated than men and sometimes that's not viewed as credible it can be charismatic um so that's powerful though because if you start to understand more of this then you you can almost just hone in and notice that oh well and my wife is even more you know expressive than the average and so th- then it's almost like you don't have to be as offended because you can understand it's just her expressing her way or she just inflects a little bit more or he's just really I hear that all the time how direct men are women are like oh my husband's yeah. just so direct 
Right. And I'm like, well, that's just his way. Right. He's just direct. He's not and meaning women offense. Tend to be indirect. That's right. Interesting. You know? Yeah. So he and she come home late for from work, and she says to him, "Watch the indirectness." She puts her comment in a question format. Mm-hmm. She says, "Honey, feel like going out to dinner tonight?" Now that appears to be a question. I always yeah. tell men when you hear women, you know, say questions, use questions. Usually embedded in it is a comment, because the real comment there is, I'm tired from work, let's go out to dinner. Uh, and if you asked her, she could even tell you what cuisine she wants. You know, I feel yeah. like Italian tonight, or I want Chinese. So, but she's indirect, and, you know, people, why do women do that? You know, why don't they just say what yeah, they Say what you mean. Want what they need. But what, do, you know, I can't say it on radio, but what do we call women who are direct? Right. Isn't that interesting? All of a sudden, because isn't that weird? Because when the woman then uses the the male-ish approach, the direct approach, they're seen as they're seen as right. too abrasive, way too abrasive, way too abrasive, and not only by men, by women, but also other women. Yeah. Oh, isn't that true? Because you don't, you just, I mean, you just, oh yeah, he's just tough. That guy's tough. If it's a guy, he's tough. It's a, if it's a woman being abrasive. Yes. Woo. We, wow. we had a, we had, I, I see everything in a gender lens. Yeah, I do too, actually. And, and, you know, one of the litmus tests I give interactions, I say, would that person have said that to a man that way? And I was just recently at an HOA meeting, and I had a complaint about a neighbor who was parking his car in the alley. So one of the men said, now, Audrey, when you approach him, be nice. <laughs> now, think about it. Would he have said that? No. To another man? Yeah, no. Be nice. Be nice, Larry. You know, and I said, you know, I said, it's the only way I know how to be. Isn't that interesting? And then, and we got to take a break, but then we have an issue like what's going on with Ray Rice and the NFL. Oh, and then all of these discussions that are going on, and yet we don't even have the language, really, to effectively understand each other's position. So something is being blown out of proportion, something he needs to be, you know, but we can't even really talk about it. Or if we get into Ferguson, uh, Missouri, we don't even, we assume we can communicate because everyone has a microphone. But no one's listening. And so that's part of the reason I wanted you on here, Dr. Nelson, because we need to figure out better how to understand each other. So when we come back, let's let's we don't have to get into the issues, but I want you to teach us what else we need to know to bridge the gap. Communication for me is more than just understanding. This is how we create our meaning. This is how we create the our understanding, our identity between each other. It's created through our interaction. I'm a social constructionist. We create our who we are through our social interactions. I totally believe that. More when we come back with Dr. Audrey Nelson on communication and the differences between men and women when, it, when we come back on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking he says, she says. Sometimes it's so difficult to understand what your partner, your friend, your neighbors, the people around you are actually saying, let alone what they mean. 
So we've brought in a communication expert today to help us. Dr. Audrey Nelson is joining us. She's a consultant, spent more than 30 years training and consulting with a wide variety of government and Fortune 50 companies in 49 states, Australia, Canada, Great Britain, and Korea as well. Big name companies, AT&T, Honeywell, the U.S. Department of Justice. She has a Ph.D. in communications and um, has written a bunch of books. One of them is You Don't Say, Navigating Nonverbal Communication Between the Sexes, which was published in 2004 from Prentice Hall. Welcome back, Audrey. So grateful uh, you're back. Thank you. You didn't leave us. No. Did you go take care of your cat? (laughs) Was that your cat calling or was that your cat ringtone? No. it's my cat ringtone, <laughs> and I get in trouble with it a lot. Yeah. You, know? you might want to turn to another one like a goldfish. I, there you go. They're quiet. Right. Talk right. about um, with us here. These differences are huge. And, uh, you know, as, a, as, again, I was saying before the break, I'm a social constructionist, constructivist, take your pick. And I believe the, I believe the interactions we have is, in communicating is how we create who we are, how we create our symbols, how we understand. So the differences don't matter if we can talk our way through them. Yes. So some people get so caught up in the difference that we think we're stuck. You know, we're kind of, we're doomed because you're a man or a woman and how you communicate. What are some specific things we should be doing that would help us to understand the, you know, the opposite gender or understand people as we're communicating? Sure. Well, I, I think one of the most critical skills in enhancing that communication and connection with others, particularly with the opposite sex, <clears throat> is being empathetic. And empathy means that I can feel as the other person feels. So if I have knowledge about the person I'm talking to, Okay, it's a male, you know, he's in his mid-40s, you know, I go through the profile in my mind, and then I try to put myself in his place. Right. And as he begins to talk and share his reality, you know, I will be better able to communicate with him if I can empathize but it doesn't mean I have to agree with him, do it, does it? No, I mean, because no. I may not be able to agree with him, but I can at least do what understand. I can to get you, yeah, and understand. Right. And empathy does not mean you agree. It means that you understand how and what they're feeling. We used to have a saying in communication: um, communication is empathy. Empathy is communication. Hmm. So I haven't really communicated with the other person until I've empathize with them. And here becomes the dilemma. Who do you think we best and and most easily empathize with? People like us. Yeah. So then the challenge becomes when I'm dealing with the opposite sex, you know, when we look at gender communication, we've got to be able to actualize and realize those parts of ourselves. Because there's richness there, right? I mean, it's as as somebody that I I think I can speak male and I can speak female. I can I, I think I know both of the languages, but there's richness, incredible richness in both sides. And yet, uh, if if we just kind of stick to our gender t- 
types or whatever, our gender approach to communicating, we're, we may miss a lot of that richness. That's right. And I mean, I agree with you. I think I, I, we're all complex. And we all come with everything that's happened to us since we were pulled out of the womb. And that includes, a big heavy piece of it, is the socialization of our gender. And that's huge. That is huge. What does it mean to be a boy in our culture? What does it mean to be a girl? That's what's being addressed right now in the NFL thing. Yeah, and we're doing it, and again, it gets it gets so bifurcated, it gets so what's the competitive that it becomes yeah. a debate instead of a discussion where empathy can exist. Right. We we could probably empathize with all sides of this, um, and not not empathize to agree, but empathize to understand. And in doing that, it seems like we could make better policy. We could make better decisions. Know how to move on instead of kind of this lynch mob mentality that we end up throwing onto every new problem in the country. Mm-hmm. It's true. And that that topic is a whole nother. That is the whole issue. That is. Yeah. And it's, it's really the bottom line with that topic, as well as <clears throat> I also work in the prevention of sexual harassment, mm. is it's about power. And, yeah. That's right. But we could even reduce that to the everyday communication map between men and women at work and at home. So a lot of our conflict in these conversations is a battle for the power. You got it. Yeah, and, and when and you're saying something to me that might diminish my power or my role, right. I'll react, and then we start the fight right. or whatever. And, you know, respect is tied into power. And, you know, for me, I know, and particularly if I'm get heated or worked up about something, I say, all right, before I say that, is that respectful? That's great. A little self-check. Respectful to the, exactly. And, you know, self-monitoring. And um, that is something that all of us need to do more of. What do we do when you, do you have like a, a quick fix. Do you have a silver bullet for when you're in a battle and maybe in your marriage where there's one of you that's already become kind of the pursuer, the aggressive communicator? Sure. One's the withdrawer that right. tends to want to flee. Are there ways that you could um, try anew to have a conversation? Are there some rules you'd put into place, some sure. ideas? And that's really tough, Matt, when you have one person who withdraws. And it could be the man or the woman. Right. You know, people are always surprised when I say that. Men will often withdraw because they don't do well in conflicts with significant others and around intimacy and feelings. You know, you're, you're asking me to, you know, reveal my feelings and my emotional part, and that, that can be a challenge. Well, think of the I power think, again, right? Because yeah, you're, you're getting I, to my power source or exactly my weakness. Exactly, right. And they'll often, you know, retreat to their man cave. Right. Or, you know, I think one of the most important things, I was sharing this with a friend of mine of 30 years, we were hiking, and she's having a little trouble in her relationship. And I said, you know, one of the things... I have two things. One is you can say, I care enough about you that I want to fight with you. This is important. Yeah. 
And the second piece is you and I are bigger than this problem. We can control this problem. We're a bigger force. The problem is not going to run us. Yeah. That's how I always like to visualize it. Because it's it, – and we also are saying we, we care about each, each other enough right. to want to fight about this. Yeah. And we want to – Truly, when people become apathetic. Yeah, that's the scary one, huh? At work or at home, you don't have much left. Yeah. Hey, Audrey, we have about 30 seconds. What would you say is the one thing that we need to remember when it comes to gender communication and some of those differences? That we all have needs, wants, and desires, and we need to respect those. Yeah. Basic, isn't it? It really is. And and then you can understand use your communication to understand even deep more deeply what those mean what the, that means to the other person. Yes, and to yourself. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, Dr. Audrey Nelson. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Matt. Wonderful insight. I appreciate. And uh, you know, if you need a new uh, ringtone, I could send you a few. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me know. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Audrey. You, Again, everybody, All go right. to her website, AudreyNelson.com. Also, uh, go check out those books. She's got two or three right there. I mean, one that was just done in uh, 2014, Gender Communication Handbook. That would be an interesting one. We're going to take a break and continue our discussion after the break about communication. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your communication coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Why are you looking at me when you say that? Well, I couldn't look at James. He was yawning. You didn't want to look down his gullet? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, it makes me feel weird when someone's yawning right when I started my show. <laughs> okay. Am I, am I too self-conscious? <laughs> this is why we're on radio, so you don't see the audience I know. like that. It's constructive feedback. Is that what it is? Yeah. Why is everyone else yawning? I don't yawn in here until you yawn. <sighs> mm-hmm. Hey, did you hear Dr. Audrey's um, cat meowing? Meow. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? The meow. the tones, <laughs> the ringtones they choose. You know, I think the ringtone tells you a lot about you. Yeah. Like yours plays the tango, James. Yeah. Because you're the doctor of pasión. How about your lock screen? You just missed the whip. Uh, by the way, yours, Sean, you have a Batman. Yes. But what does he say? Because I am Batman. Yeah. I just have... Rachel. I just have Hello Kitty. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> that, 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 that's kind of strange that you have five sons. And that's weird. My, my kids get freaked out by it. But, it but that's also okay. Means... Hello Kitty is not a cat, by the way. Newsflash. Hello Kitty is not a cat. Yep. What is it? Hello Kitty is a girl. Really? Yeah. How this, do you, how I'm, do you know oh, this? I read an article and I Why? 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 Yeah, I read it too actually. Why? Apparently the why? creator of Hello Kitty gets really offended if yes. you call her a cat. Yeah. 
Even though she looks exactly like a cat. A cat, yeah. Well, even though she has whiskers and ears, yeah. just like a cat. She's even though, not a cat. Even no. though that cat has made the creator tens of millions of dollars. Exactly. But he's mad because it's not a cat. It's mm-hmm. a little girl. Well, yeah. I guess when you're that successful, you can say that. I mean, I bet when he first came out with Hello Kitty, he's like, yeah, it's a cat, right? It's, you know what? What does it look well, like to you? Yeah, it'll be, it's, it's whatever you want. Yeah. Just, it looks, just, does it look like a lizard? It's a lizard. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Just write me the check. Yeah, that's true. Hey, um, here's the deal. This is what I've decided to do. I've changed my whole direction <laughs> because it's my moment to, to yes. teach you what I uh, – t- to pontificate. Oh, thank you. From Hello, Kif- from Hello Kitty to pontification. That sounded weird. Here's what I want to talk about because every single time I do what Dr. Audrey Nelson was just doing and tell the differences – that research has shown. In fact, right. I showed you yesterday. I have a file called The Differences Between Men and Women. Mm-hmm. How many articles do you think there were in there? I, 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 I did not see an end to the list. So I'd say 100. Okay. But it's every article. It's Science Daily. It's all of these different places. Have just, they just have powerful research done on how we're different. Mm-hmm. But some people get so mad if you try to say we're different or the same either way. They Uh, either want to be the same or they want to be different, but they get mad. So here's what I want. I think that's because there's there's both similarities and differences. Well, and I get that. I was raised with women. I get like Mm -hmm. majorly my life. I learned about boyfriends and girlfriends not from the guy side. I learned Mm -hmm. watching my sisters talk about their boyfriends. Why did he have to be so mean? He's a jerk. And I just thought, dump him. Dump him. And I'd say, why don't you dump him? And she's like, you don't understand. <laughs> it's <laughs> not that, that easy. Then tomorrow we'd have the same fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, not fight. She'd have the same issue. And I'd like, see, once again, dump him. You don't get it. <laughs> so after like so two years of that. So do you get it that, now, though? Well, yeah. By the way, she dumped him. Okay. So I was dead on. And I could have <laughs> saved her two years. But she was processing as the good doctor was teaching. So here's uh-huh. what I want to talk about today. Maybe there are some things that all of us could do to be more respectful of another while communicating with them. Okay. There's just universal things. Genders aside, if we would all do this, these would work for everyone to show respect. Because respect isn't something just men want in a conversation. Women want respect. Yeah. And so I think it's a universal it's thing. It's a universal thing. So if we're going to improve our communication, let me give you a few. Number one, you keep private things private. Hmm. When someone tells you something, you don't tell someone else. Make sense? Sure. I had a boss come. I used to share an office with a bunch of people. We were all in little cubes in a tiny little room. It was like a veal uh, farm. And I was in my little veal cage. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out. And I had a boss bring me in. And he just said, this is what we're doing. Just is kind of an annual review. And they're trying to figure out what we want to do, where we're going to go next. And, you know, how I wanted to progress in the company. Long and short of it is he asked me um, something that about one of the specific people in that room because and, and I had known – I knew something because that person wasn't going to be there very long. Mm-hmm. I knew that. She had told everyone in there. We all knew. But she hadn't told the boss. She hadn't told the boss. But the boss had heard. Um. And so the boss came and asked me, so is um, – you know. Is Monica leaving? Is I've heard rumors that she's leaving, and I've said, "Well, I've I've heard that." Well, 
he then went and told her. So Matt says you're leaving. Oh, no. Oh, geez. And then he came back, and then it hit the fan, and then I was in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, but if uh, – how do you – So keep private things private. Now, that could have been my boss could have kept it private. Right, exactly. It maybe meant I could have kept it private, but he already well, gave he, me the data I knew. I didn't give him anything new except just a second data point. Yeah, yeah he didn't have to bring up a name in it, though. He no. could have just said, you know, I've heard around the office that you, know, right. you are Yeah, leaving. he was just making you no. the bad guy I got in that situation. Hung out to drive. Exactly. And you know what? It, uh, to this day – I still remember it, and he's on my bad list. <laughs> I give you his name, but you know, lawsuits. How many um, people are on that list? Twenty-eight. Okay. Don't you wonder if you're on it? It's a very exclusive club. It's a very exclusive club. <laughs> we even had some shirts made. Ooh. Yeah, so just, I'm on the list. Is that why you gave me that shirt? Yeah. yeah. Oh, are you okay. on the list? Shirt? Here's the challenge then. Make a vow to be able to keep secrets and confidences that others have shared with you. Find the power and joy in knowing that you've honored that person by keeping their secret for them. I try and do that all the time. Mm. That's good. Especially as a parent, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Well, you have to do that as a parent. You should. When you and your wife or significant other are talking about your child, and especially because the other kids all want to know what's happening with what's happening with oh, my yeah. sibling. What's going on? What's going on? So yeah, did, yeah, you yeah. did you hear? Did you hear? Yeah. yeah. No. We will tell our kids to leave the room when we're, we're discussing that's right. other children. That's smart. Yeah. Do it in a – so audience, you got to watch your audience. Exactly. <clears throat> Here's another one. Be loyal to the absent. So mm. um, never say something about someone else that you wouldn't say in front of them. So don't say anything about them to anyone else that, that you wouldn't say in front of their face. Loyal to the absent. There's something really powerful once you I, – I can actually build confidence in you by being loyal to you when you're not here. Hmm. Because what's interesting is I show everyone else around me how loyal I can be. So one of the cool things about that for me and as a parent, one of the best ways to influence your children is to be super loyal to them when no one else – when you're talking about anyone else. And I feel I, like it eventually comes back to them anyway, even if they're not come back. there. Yeah. And, and what will happen then all of a sudden, your kids or whoever is going to come up to you and say, man, I keep hearing really great things. Talk, so talk. So loyal is one thing. So I'm not going to share your secrets, but I'm also not going to you know, destroy you. Yeah. You can also build them up incredibly as well when they're not there and then see if it ever gets back to them how great you are. By the way, that's one between husband and wife that could be huge. If you talk positively about your spouse, so much so that your spouse hears from everyone else how positively you're talking about them. A lot of times we can easily just roll our eyes at our spouse and the people – I mean about our spouse, about the people around us. And um, then we just, you know, oh, my husband, you know how he is. We just roll our eyes. But wouldn't it be great to hear, oh, my heck, your wife thinks you're fantastic. It's huge. I'd like – she does. What'd she say? <laughs> I know. She thinks I'm <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but then, but then, you know, that person doesn't want to betray her confidence with your wife. So yeah. they're going to say, yeah, oh, I can't might. tell you. <laughs> that's huge. Uh, wow them with words of respect. That's another cool tool. Pay attention. One of the best ways you can respect another person. I don't Pay do attention. this. I, I don't I, I'm, I'm very bad about this with my wife. You know, when I'm getting paid to but do I, it. I will ask. Well, getting paid to do it is something different. <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> I'm sorry. But when I, I'm trying to watch the football game yeah. and my wife is trying to talk to me, you know, your daughter's grades are not that great. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Okay, it's fourth down. Let me. 
<laughs> that's so true. You know, that's where you, I, you could just say, honey, if you would pay me 200 bucks, I could listen to you. <laughs> you have my undivided attention. But it's funny because you do. You, I, 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 get, yeah. I am so much more attuned when – Cash is on the line. Well, and part of it's because, you know, I've, maybe part of that, too, is because no one at my house listens to me otherwise. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Oh, your, your kids pay you to listen? Yeah, they have to. Okay. You want your bike back? I'm going to remember that. We're going to talk. <laughs> Sit down and listen to Daddy. My daughter's raising funds for a trip, for a school trip. It's maybe a great way maybe to do I it. could have her raise funds yeah. for actually to, to, having to, your dad listen to her. <laughs> it's sad, but true. So there's a few. Pay attention. Be loyal to those that are absent. You know. Keep private things private. That works with all genders. True. It even works with uh, just those really difficult people at work. We, I mean, we don't have any. No. We got so, we got it so good here. Unless we get Great the pirate team. shirts. If we get the pirate shirts, then we're going to go crazy. <laughs> I've noticed Don hasn't talked about pirate shirts for a while. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. I think we'll they're on back order. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They're out of drape. They have to. They have. They need, those shirts need more puffy drapery in it. <laughs> more and more hang. Hey, we're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, Kim Giles is going to be joining us. Kim, you know, coach extraordinaire. She is going to continue to talk to us about uh, communication. How to not t- take things and be so offended. You don't have to be offended just because someone says something wrong or rude, or you don't have to take it that way. Kim Giles will be teaching about. Keeping your head cool. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about communication now, you think because you were born with a mouth and ears that you'd be able to just communicate really well. Everything would be fluid, no problems, but you know it's more complicated than that. And one of the hardest things I've found just in coaching couples and people to communicate, talk more effectively, and to talk through their issues is people get so offended. You know, you make one comment. You ask them one simple thing like, are you pregnant? And they get so mad. Why are they so mad, Sean? Tell them to relax. You can't. What? You can't ask a lady if she's pregnant. Not usually a good thing. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Nope. Anywho, so we've decided to bring in an unless, expert. Unless your husband, unless her husband has already said, you know, oh yeah, we're having a kid. Or yeah, yeah, yeah if you yeah, have some yeah. data like that, exactly. Yeah, you can't because you can't back that out. Just don't go up to a lady on the street and no. say, "Excuse Whoa. me, when's the baby due?" That's Brian Reagan. Talk. When's the baby due? And there's that moment when you've said it, and then you're like, "Ah, oh, boy, <laughs> oh yeah, that one's not uh, pregnant." <laughs> I'm not sure what I should do now. Yeah. So Kim's going to teach us. Kim Giles is joining us. She's the president and founder of Clarity Point Life Coaching, popular life coach, named one of the top 20 advice gurus in the country by Good Morning America in 2010. She has published well over 240 articles uh, newspaper in newspapers and magazines. She's the bomb, let's say. She is the real deal. Kimberly Giles, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. Happy to be here today. Hey, Kim, have you ever made the deadly uh, comments of, hey, when are you pregnant? When's when's the baby due? Have you ever said that? 
No, I think I've avoided that one, but we've all stuck our foot in our mouth. <laughs> oh, man. From time to time, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Gosh. But then people get yeah. offended. Like, don't you know that I'm just an idiot? Can a guy not just be an idiot anymore? Well, and if you notice, there's some people that just are oversensitive that get offended way more. And some of us, you could kind of say about anything and we would let it roll off and not get offended. Right. So I, I think it's interesting what goes on with us that makes us oversensitive to that. What is it? Um, well... I think it's our mothers. I, a lot of times we learn the, the kind of fear and insecurity that I think creates it from our parents. Yeah. But, yeah. but it is, it's like, I guess part of it, well, you tell me, is it, because it's not just, sometimes it's not just one situation. It could almost be... It's the whole process of how we communicate, too, we can be offended by. We could be offended by your intention, your words, your time of how – I mean, there's so many different levels we're offended on, which tells me it's got to be something deeper than just what's being said. Well, I always describe it to my clients as, as we can develop kind of a sore spot that's kind of just like an open wound yeah. on your back um, about being insulted or taken from. And, and if you've had a lot of issues in your past where people have insulted you or you felt like you weren't good enough, you're, you're going to have a sore spot to those kind of insults. If you've been walked on or, or you grew up in an environment where you were controlled or pushed around a lot, you might have a real sore spot about being walked on. Right. And anything that could possibly be taken that way, that's just how you'll take it. And it, and it really – it's interesting. It may not have even been my someone's intent, but if anybody pushes like on a bruise, it's going to hurt. It hurts. It does, and it yeah. doesn't matter if my intent was to help you if, or if I'm the doctor helping you or somebody trying to make you bruise again. Either way, it's sore. Yeah. Hmm. And that's a, I, I think the perfect example is we've got a sore spot bruise that anybody barely could touch it and it'll hurt. Yeah. Where the rest of us, you could punch me in the arm and – it may not. It would create a bruise. That much. Right. It might create a bruise. But and then, and then what's no, interesting? Let's not try it. But and these are kind of two, I guess, uh, to add to the metaphor. It's a never-ending sore spot, right? It's one that if you don't eventually address the spot, which may take a little pain to get in and address it, you may not ever get rid of the sore spot. Yeah. So if you know that you're somebody who gets offended real easy and gets your feelings hurt, feels walked on or unappreciated all the time, and you're probably creating quite a bit of drama in your world because of it, you might want to get some help to work on that. Because I, I really found that's what it takes, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, totally. This is something you need some professional help to work on the underlying fear issues that are beneath it. But sometimes you're getting paid, like you say, like... You know, having a sore spot and having that power over people or that victim story, sometimes that's what serves us. So I, I wonder if sometimes we don't really want to get rid of it because it serves us. Well, it can create drama that gets us attention. I think there's a lot of us that have kind of bought into the drama makes our life exciting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it doesn't make it very fun for the people around you. That's right. Well, and eventually people will opt out. Like, that guy's just a drama king. Yeah. Now, let's be real, though. All of us get offended on occasion. Oh, yeah. People say something that offends us. And so we need to work on, all of us, not 
being offended by things people say and do and, and being a little more bulletproof. Can we talk about that a little bit? Let's today? do. But see, let's be real, though. Anybody that offends me is obviously not very smart. <laughs> is that their problem? <laughs> They're obviously just messed up. Well, I'll tell you, I put people who offend me in three categories. Okay. Okay, so the first, I call them the garden variety annoying people. <laughs> and and they really don't mean to offend me. They're sometimes just missing a social filter. Yeah. Or, you know, they just didn't learn social skills, and they just say things that really... Yeah. <laughs> but they really don't mean any harm. They're really not coming, you know, from an, a place of attacking, but... Yeah, they they just kind of they're just they're ignorant. Get it? Yeah, a little bit. And and so when I see an offense coming from somebody like that, I've got to understand the source that they didn't get it, they didn't mean it, and and let a lot of those things roll off. Mm-hmm. And then the second category would be the fear motivated bad behavior is what I call it. So these are people who are experiencing their own fear of failure or loss, and maybe they, they feel so insecure about themselves that what they do is kind of look for the bad in everybody else. Sure. And they pick the bad out in me and put me down and insult me to make themselves feel better. But this is really about their fear about themselves. And to be honest, I, I mean, we all do this at times. If we've had a bad day, maybe we've had a bad day at work and we feel like we're failing at work, we got all this pressure on us, we're experiencing fear and insecurity about us. Right. But when you walk in the house and it's a mess, chances oh. are you're going to lash out yeah. at your spouse, your kids, and offend them. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not really, this isn't really about them. It's really about you, your fear that you're, you're just projecting onto them. Yeah, that's the typical projection, right? That's what the therapist yeah. would call projecting. So then all of a sudden, you're, you're now a carrier. You're carrying, you're spreading the virus. Yeah. Yeah. So the first question I kind of ask when somebody says something offensive to me is, okay, what's going on with them right now? Is there any chance this isn't really about me? This, that they're not okay, that they're having a bad day, and, and instead of me being offended and mad at them and making twice the drama and pain in our home that night, right? if I could kind of recognize that they're afraid, then I can step back and say, hey, are you okay? And not reacting to it, but like seeing it, stepping out of it and seeing that something's not, going, something's not right here. They're probably experiencing yeah. fear. What was your third point? Okay, my third one are the toxic, yeah. um, illogical, irrational, possibly crazy people. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean. Oh, man, do I. <laughs> they're just going to be this way. And You're not changing these. And they're not changing these. And, and I think, boy, they show up in my journey to help me develop really thick skin and become strong and bulletproof and know who I am because they'll just take pot shots at you for fun. And yeah. you got to understand that's the way they are. This is about them, too. It's not about you. I love that. But then, too, and we got to take a break, but I love this idea that if you see it, whether it's the kind of the garden variety offender, the fear-driven projector, or the toxic, any way I look at it, the minute I first feel offense, I need to kind of start getting in my head and saying, what's going on here? 
Yeah. Well, we need we we need to talk about the yeah. well, what to do when one of those people attacks you to to get into a good place and, and not take it personally. Cool. We're going to do that, Kim. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Kim Giles from Clarity Point Coaching is going to be teaching us the process, how to not be offended in our conversations with others. More on the Matt Townsend Show after this break. friends to the Matt Townsend show today we are talking about communication he said she said uh, we've had some great experts on and now the greatest of them all Kimberly Giles Clarity Point life coaching coach extraordinaire speaker author advice guru you name it she's done it more importantly today she's teaching us how not to be offended when other people maybe say things they do things that are offensive how not to be offended. Kimberly Giles, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show again. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, um, it's funny when you're – because you're a pro, right? You don't you don't take the bait when one of these, you know, kind of run-of-the-mill uh, ignorant – we don't want to say ignorant. That sounds bad. Uh, one of the run-of-the-mill just offensive people just says – you don't – you're not offended when someone writes in and says, I don't like what you wrote in that article. <laughs> Yeah, I get that opportunity to practice that every week. <laughs> Don't you love it? And, but, you know, I think all of us are, are we're subconsciously programmed when we get attacked. No, I agree. To defend. Defend. So that's our first gut reaction. And it's, I think it's almost always going to be. But the more we practice saying, wait, wait, wait a minute, okay, let me think this through before I react, we can show up a lot more mature and wise. And, yeah. You know, when we when we react, we just create drama. Well, I, I'm always embarrassed every after every time I've ever yeah. reacted. I've never reacted. You know, I mean, I guess a physical reaction like, whoa, that truck almost hit you. Well done. Way to move out of the way. That's good. But every other time I react by freaking out or getting mad or defending, I just look stupid, feel stupid. Yeah, it's not our best self. Yeah. So we, we've uh, well, we could give the, the listeners today maybe five little tips to kind of help when that kind of thing happens Okay, to step back. So my first one would be to give people the benefit of the doubt. And what I mean is like when my spouse makes a a kind of comment that could be taken as an insult, Yeah, um, I'm going to give the guy some benefit of the doubt that he does love me (laughs) and he doesn't mean to hurt me. He's not thinking. Right. At this moment about what he's saying. And he's probably focused, like we said before, on his own fear issues. And he didn't think that one through. <laughs> um, but but I know when I was first married uh, as a young person, I was kind of dumb. And boy, I would see that as, boom, you were mean. I now have proof you're the bad guy yeah. in this relationship. And I, like, loved that. I, I got like you were talking about earlier, some power from finding those faults. Because, well, yeah, now you're up. Now now it's, there's yeah. no doubt you're rude. You said that. 
Yeah, and don't you find most marriages, there's a little un, under-subconscious yeah. theme going on about who treats who worse. That's right. That's right. And we're keeping score. That's, that's right. And then they all kind of come out, and we're trying to one-up each Oh, really? Well, who? Yeah, but you. You. Yeah. That. So yeah. true. And it's not our best self. That's good, we, though. We need to grow up and realize, give people the minutes of the doubt that they don't mean to be a mean person no. or, or hurt you in that moment. They didn't think. Well, they're just human. We, we, so that's called humanizing, right? Just perfect. make, just let, at least let them be a human. They're not deity. Yeah. They're human. And you want some room for error on occasion when you make mistakes. Sure. So you got to give it if you want to get it back. That's good. That's good. Cool. What's number two? Okay. Number two is to not take things personally and understand that 90% I think of what people say or do is about their own fears about themselves. It is not about you. Right. So they're Um, fighting their problems. Whatever they're throwing at you doesn't mean it's you. They're just throwing them self at you. That sounds yeah. weird, but yeah. I uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the book, The Four Agreements. Have you read? Yeah, that one? I have. Yeah, love. Great book. What is this? Miguel Ruiz. Yeah, Ru- yeah Ruiz. Miguel. Yeah. John Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. Um, I I've got I've got this quote that I keep in my office from his book, and it says, "There's a huge amount of emotional freedom that comes to you when you take nothing personally." The whole world can gossip about you and send you emotional poison, and if you don't take it personally, you don't need it. I love that. <laughs> it's so true, because they have no power over you if they can't offend you. Yeah. It, you, it, really, they can't hurt you without your participation in it, without you deciding to be hurt. And and there's a lot of stuff. We just got to... Let it roll off. My my husband plays this game with our kids when they come and say, well, I'm mad at Kim. He said this about me. <laughs> he says I'm dumb. And my husband says, well, are you? Well, no, I'm not. Well, then what do you bother? What yeah. do you have to say about it? Move along, son. Move along. It's yeah. true. <laughs> it's true. Problem solved. We, we need to grow up. Yeah. Now, my third one kind of makes this not taking it personally easier on you, and it's that you've got to see yourself as bulletproof. Mm. And what I mean is I believe your value is not in question. Right. Your value comes from the fact that you're a -a one-of-a-kind, irreplaceable, infinitely valuable human soul. And nothing this person says or does is going to change your value. Now, Kim, you mentioned that, I think, on every show. So here's a question. If we say that to ourselves long enough, Will we start to believe it? We can. We can start to make that our official policy about our value. And and see, right now, you kind of were subconsciously taught growing up that your value is in question. Right. Your value is based on your appearance and your performance and what other people think of you. Yeah. And, and that was just an idea that got planted in your head. There's no proof that that's true. Because your parents still loved you. I mean, generally, right? I mean, some parents struggled with their kids. But, I mean, the love was probably even unconditional. But it's just this, it's this human fear that there is a condition to my value. Yeah, we, we really carry around a huge fear that we might not be good enough and that we got to prove our value. Yeah. And we really, it's a fundamental.
mental belief that you have, but it's one you can change. You can decide to see your value as not in question and not based in your performance, appearance, or what other people think, but actually being infinite and absolute and not on the line here at all. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have a lot to learn. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're perfect. But, not at all. But your, but your value, regardless of your delivery, your value is... It's inevitable. You are gold. Yeah. So what what that can do for you if you decide to kind of adopt that philosophy is it, it can make you bulletproof, and and they can be mad about what you did, and maybe you maybe you did make a mistake, mm-hmm. and and they're mad at you for good reason. And there's an, a beautiful lesson in this for you that you could learn and grow from. But all of that being true still doesn't change your value as a human being. Right. I think that's, that's, that's huge. Safe. I agree. Well, and that think of that. If you don't want to be offended, there's that's the beginning. You're bulletproof. It, it is. Remember the old Superman movies when the robbers oh, would yeah. come on the bank and just unload the machine guns. I love Superman, that. And he'd just stand there and smile. Uh huh. And then spit out a bullet. Yes. I love that. He wasn't even offended. Yeah. And they were trying to kill him. Yeah. Because he's bulletproof, and I really, I, I can teach people how to do that. You know, and and they, you can get this. You can feel bulletproof, and you can let offenses bounce off and still learn the lessons but not get so wounded. Yeah. You can oh, I love that. And I think really when you, when you talk about a human behavioral change, that's the place to begin is you're, you're here to learn. You're, you're not here to be perfect, and you're not here. Your value is not in question. Love it. What's number four? Okay, number four is to decide not to be a victim in life. And, and the bottom line is you're going to experience life in one of two ways. You're either going to see yourself as vulnerable, weak, powerless victim in this dangerous world where all these bad things happen to you, or your other choice is to see yourself as a strong, bulletproof, powerful person in a beautiful universe and a beautiful journey of growing and learning where you're safe. I love it. And and it comes down to those two choices. How do you want to live? Do you want to have a victim mentality and always feel picked on and weak, or do you want to feel strong? Now, a lot of people choose the victim mentality because it gets them sympathy, love. Sure. And, and there's kind of been this benefit from being a victim, because when I tell my victim story, people feel sorry for me and love me. But the problem is they don't respect you. Well, that's it. It's almost a pity love. Aw. Pity love. You fell off your bike. <laughs> but it's not like a respect. It's, oh. And don't you think to have real love in relationships, you, you've got to have their respect. Yeah. That's so, so true. Let's just choose to be strong and powerful and safe. And a student in the classroom of life with lots to learn, but nothing to fear. Yeah, it doesn't mean you. It doesn't mean you. You haven't been a victim. You can be a victim, but decide not to play the victim. Yeah. Like you, someone could have like done something to you, your and you're life. like, "Yeah, I'm just okay. That happened, and I'm just going to frame it this way." Yeah. That's okay. Cool. Can I tell you number yep. five? Numero cinco. What is it? Choose a forgiveness mentality towards everybody in life in general. Mm. The bottom line, these two mentalities we've been talking about, if you choose the victim mentality, you're going to also choose a 
I call it a crucifixion mentality. Basically, you're critical and judgmental of other people and all the wrongs they do. Yeah, because yeah, you kind of have to bring everyone down to feel yeah. good. Yeah. But if you do that, if you choose that critical, judgmental mindset, you're giving power to the idea that people can be not good enough. And that comes back, and it affects your self-esteem, and you will never feel like you're good enough either. Interesting. You're spreading it. Yeah, you do. But if you choose a forgiveness mindset where you let everybody be a struggling, scared student in the classroom of life with lots to learn, whose value is not on the line, and and you choose to give them the benefit of the doubt and let them be learning and growing and give them slack, what you'll find is you'll also be easier on yourself. Your your own self-esteem will improve. Oh, man. Well, and that is just so... I haven't thought of it that way, that um, whichever paradigm I take to the world is – that's what reinforces this belief that, um, that, that we are – that we are – our value is in question because const- constantly people are trying to tear down our value. So yeah. if, if, if I go about just taking this forgiveness mentality to everybody, then I can help spread that abundance mentality that you're bulletproof, that, that you know, your value is not in check. That's cool. Much better way to live, and and it it comes back a hundredfold to oh, yeah. you when you forgive others. You just feel better about yourself in life. Gosh, Kim, that's the point right there. You nailed it. It's like you've thought well, this through. <laughs> like I do this for a living. It's maybe. like you do it for a living. Uh, well, I appreciate it, Kim. Really, it's the killer points, and every one of us need to do it. I, I've decided I'm going to be bulletproof now. So no matter what the kids in the studio say about you, yeah. you let it bounce off. Boink, bink, bink. Yeah, just like that. Your value's not on the line. No, no. <laughs> and I am going to start wearing a Superman leotard. I don't know if you call we, We'd like to see that. Well, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Get along. Get out of here. Hey, uh, everybody, thanks again, Kim. Appreciate you. That was um, That's how we learn right there. Kim from ClarityPointCoaching.com. Go check it out. Also the book of the, or an author of the book, Choosing Clarity. We're going to take a break, folks. And when we come back, Merritt is going to walk us through the language of men and women so we can finally figure out what they actually mean. What did she say? We'll talk about it when we come back on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Man, I'm bulletproof now, according to David Guetta. Bulletproof! See, we learned. We learned we're different, and we're now bulletproof. But here's the deal. All is not done. Before we end the show, we cannot leave you without understanding what she meant when she said what she said. (laughs) That's her. (laughs) See how intense I was? That was very intense. Because men and women, sometimes we say the darndest thing. We we do. And I was thinking about this earlier. We know that in the UK, the word biscuit means something different than it does to us in the US. 
Yes. You know? Like we're aware of that. And we know a lot of those kind of the etiquette about different countries, right. how you, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you should say, what you shouldn't say. And we're aware of the fact that our means don't – our words don't mean the same thing across, you know, across the entire human race. Right. Exactly. But when it comes to men and women, we just pretend that that barrier doesn't exist. Like what does biscuit mean to a lady? <laughs> Exactly. Now, so we just we just pretend that all of the phrases that we say that yeah. they should understand for whatever reason without ever acknowledging no. that really we're speaking different languages. Yes. We're at different countries. We need to learn the other etiquette. Right. So I ran out of the office today and I gathered examples from people <laughs> about the stupid things that either guys say to girls or girls say to guys. Okay. Look, can we just start? Because I need your help on this one. So if I ask a female if she's pregnant. That would be a stupid thing to say. But do you know what I mean by that? Yes. We're bringing another baby into the world. <laughs> Blessed be the day. It, That's what I yeah, meant. Exactly. But, okay, but it doesn't stupid. come off that way. Yeah, it doesn't. No. Yeah. So um, our, first, our first one, stupid things girls say to guys. We're going to okay. start with that. Here we go. Number one, would you like to take out the garbage? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Of course they don't want to. Why are to. you asking if I'd and like to? And they probably won't. That's right. If you say it that way. So the correct way to say it would be, will you take yeah. out the garbage? Or, hey, you big stud, <laughs> you big strapping stud machine, <laughs> why don't you grab that garbage with that pinky of yours that's so tough and will you take it out? Yeah. There you go. And come back and I'll kiss you. It also doesn't work to hint. So you can't say, no. ooh, that garbage is just getting full or that really stinks. No. So that's it's between not, the lines. Not, you say it to, if you want you it out. You have to say it. Good girl. Yeah. Um, the next one. This one's so obvious, but it can never be said enough. If a girl says, I'm fine, that is a stupid thing to say to a guy because yeah. the word fine, by yeah. definition, means that they're doing pretty okay. You're like, they're, they're, fine. they're good, you know? Fine. But as we know, it's, you know, it's like good, terrible. Yeah. I had the worst day of my life and then fine. Yeah. You know? So, but yeah, guys, don't, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, okay. let's go for ice cream. Another stupid thing that girls say to guys. Yep. But what do you really mean? <sighs> they meant what they said. Is that what they meant? Like exactly. I That's meant exactly <laughs> what I said. <laughs> I don't like. I don't want to stereotype the genders, right. but in my experience, mm-hmm. guys really aren't very good at the double meaning. No, it's just it doesn't well, happen that way. Yeah, you know, we mean it. Yeah, we said it. Um, okay, here's another one. If you really cared, uh, you would have dot dot dot. That is. If you love me, no. you'd want to take the garbage out. Yeah, that is a sad thing because. What you're accusing your guy of is that he doesn't like you. He doesn't yeah. love you. He doesn't care about you. If I didn't love when you. When it couldn't be farther from the truth. Really, there's a lot of yeah. things I would do. So they could have been more thoughtful. They could have been smarter. They yep. could have paid more attention. But it doesn't mean they don't care about you. So, so don't make true. them feel bad don't about it. Don't make that jump. Good. No. Um, last one would be, do I annoy you or do I look fat in this? It's the compliment Ugh. fishing that – Will inevitably go wrong. Well, you I mean, can't, yeah, you so. can't achieve anything. I mean, you don't look fat. Me. No. I mean, I mean, you look squishy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look fat. You look fluffy. Yeah. I mean, so no, but I like it. I mean, girls, you look, yeah. just just stray from the phrase. If you want a guy to compliment you, you could even say that. You can mm-hmm. say, "Tell me how beautiful I look." You I, know, need to, I need I need a little. Like I need, need a little build little up guidance. here. How am I doing? Don't feed them the words That's that right. will. Offend you. So don't even say the words that will offend you. Well, and you, by the way, you can, but then don't be offended when exactly we do when exactly what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to move on to part two. Part two. What stupid things guys say to girls? I can't think of one. Could you think of oh. any, James? None at all. Mm. No, it's all okay, good. Ready? Here's Have you got one. any? 
it's just your time of the month. Oh yeah. Oh, so that's the universal. There. Yeah. You know, it is universal. Just that's the out. And you know, there is a certain leeway. The hormones do go crazy, yeah. but. Don't ever dismiss somebody's emotions, what they're yeah. feeling based on that. But honestly, Just if we're going to be honest, the guy honestly doesn't even know about that. No. So he just thinks that time of the month is every day. Yes, exactly. So somebody needs to teach guys stuff. Okay. Um, here's one. Why, why are you taking so long to get ready or hurry up? Put your face Don't on. say that. <laughs> Because here's the thing. You want that girl to yeah. look her best. You want her to look nice and you like it when she looks nice. Yeah. But it takes some time. So you have to be patient. But see, I wait in the car. <laughs> that, but then I've learned work. don't honk because <laughs> they get all mad. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad Come idea. on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, here's another one. I'll call you later. That's a nice phrase I'll that people just yeah. kind of flip off. You what, know? What like, oh, it, see ya. I'll call you later. What, what should they say if at the end of a date they're not going to call you later? I'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Don't well, what, say, what if I'm really not interested? If you're really not interested, I mean, that's see you guys, around. That's probably a good one. Yeah. It's not you. <laughs> but yeah, it's me. But don't say I'll call you later if you're not planning <laughs> if you're on not calling. calling yeah. Because you set the expectation. You set the expectation. They'll that's be huge. waiting by the phone. That's Mean it. Mean don't it. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, here's another one. That was very popular with girls around the office. Yeah. That's a dumb thing to say. It's to get on a date and the guy says, what do you want to do? Uh, on the date? On the date. Oh. Have something planned. Yeah. And it's not that the girl doesn't have opinions or she doesn't know sure. what she wants to do, but there's a Show lot of stuff effort. going into that. Show some effort. She doesn't know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know you well. She doesn't know how much money you want to spend. It's would you rather a messy thing to get into. Would you rather have them say that? Or um, so do you want to go paintball? <laughs> I think, yeah, because if you, cause if then you show at least, some initiative, you'd have that. Like, he's yeah, got you an have idea. a starting point. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Okay. And here's here's another one is to say something and then to say, that's okay, right? So I'm yeah. going to go, instead of going to that thing with you, I'm yeah. going to go You're hang okay out with, with my that, guy right? friends. You're okay with that, right? <laughs> because no matter yeah. what you say after that phrase, the girl's going to sound like a bad guy. It's, it's, it's not. No. Yes. You're going to die. Anything Someone's... she says after that will be. Someone's going to die. Yeah. So don't, if you want to introduce, say, I really, you know, you could. I really feel like I should go hang out with my guy friends. I haven't seen them in a while. What do you How do you feel about, do you feel about that? that? Yeah, that's cool. So there are some things to Merit. avoid. You did it. Always, you know. And now we lay understand. on the compliments. Don't be vague. And again, you can well. call if you if any of you have a specific translation you need. Give us a call one eight five five chat BYU. Merit standing by on the phones. <laughs> We're out of here, folks. Well done, Merit. Thank you. Communication 101. That was the show today. Difference between men and women. Did you gather some new information? Here's a great quote from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Mother Teresa. Hey, tomorrow on the show, folks, it's September 11th. We're going to take a look back and visit with the folks who were there and lost some loved ones in the tragedy that happened 13 years ago. Can you believe it? Tomorrow we'll be talking about it. Celebrating life and continuing to find the good on The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.